The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Basketball Society. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by BasketballSocietyOnline.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, I join you guys as the host. I am Alex Fishbein. Thank you guys for tuning in for another week. I apologize for the couple-week break there we had. I was uh, catching a bit of allergy issues that was somehow turned into a cold and kind of just one thing led to another. No COVID, no COVID. So we are good on that. But we are back in action and a couple things have happened since then. We have the finals on the brink of ending already, which means it's pretty much in a little bit of an empty season of basketball especially until you get to the college and high school seasons and on top of that the WNBA champion has been crowned the Sixers have gotten a new coach Kyrie Irving has said a lot of different things in a lot of different places um which I guess a lot can be said as a lot of a lot of it can be normal I guess now at these at this day and age with Kyrie talking a lot of different things, but whatever it may be. So let's get into, let's real real quick touch on the NBA Finals because as of right now, uh, we're recording on Friday. So the deciding, well, what could be the deciding game is coming up and the Lakers have a 3-1 lead. The first two games were... Kind of how a lot of people expected it to go. I really didn't expect the Heat to give um, like a ton of fight this whole series. Just because, especially, well, I did say like, you know, they would probably, uh, Lakers would probably win in like five or six. But the, as soon as Dragic and um, Bam Adebayo both went down, and they were without them for a couple games, it was pretty obvious it was going to be a very steep uphill battle for the Miami Heat. They really, um, in those first two games, especially after they got hurt, it it just was kind of a bloodbath for the Lakers. Uh, They kind of did whatever they want. They On offense, they looked unstoppable. Their defense was just causing all types of issues. LeBron James looked in you know, prime form. Anthony Davis was firing on all cylinders as well. And then game three happened and Jimmy Butler happened. I should say that 40 point triple double, only the third player in NBA finals to do it. Other two being LeBron James and Jerry West. I mean, joining elite company right there, but I mean, Butler played out of his mind. He was like, I think he was, what was it? 14 for 20 from the field or 15 for 20 from the field. Uh, he, None of his buckets were threes, which is crazy to say, especially, you know, how three-point crazy everyone is now today. Um, but, I mean, he really put the team on his back. His 
and and the crazy thing to me was that all of this was while he was covering either LeBron or AD because you really don't find that many superstars now covering the other superstars on the other team as well as putting up something crazy like a 40-point triple-double. I mean, you see guys like Kawhi who's who's known for covering the other team's superstar because he's that good on defense, so you want him on there, um, and he's still going to give you a really good game. But a lot of those guys that you see covering the best players you don't see them really putting up that big of numbers um the only other guy i can think of right off the top of my head that's all consistently covering like the best player on the other team is clay thompson but he's not the guy that you know is creating his own shot all the time he's not he doesn't have the ball in his hands most of the time He's your catch and shoot guy. I mean, we, we saw him put up, I forget, it was like 40 or 50 on four dribbles in an, in an entire game. Uh, something like that. Um, which isn't, ins- it is insane in its own regard. But um, yeah, he's not doing the same things on offense that a lot of these other guys are doing, is the main point. So it's been. Um, an interesting final series, especially after the game three. Game four, you know, was was really exciting. There was a lot of back and forth, and you really like watching it throughout. You personally, I thought that Miami really had a shot to win that game. Their defense was looking really good. Uh, Bam Adebayo came back, and he looked like a big, big piece for Miami as well, um, especially on the defensive end. They were like really locking down all doors and. The Lakers just ended up, you know, busting through everything and still coming up clutch. I mean, at least AD was coming up clutch. And, you know, in the end, obviously, Miami couldn't pull it out. So now with a couple days rest, you know, everyone's back at it again. And it's interesting to me in this game because... All right, so you have the Heat who now have a, a couple days rest and, you know, they really put everything they had into the defense the last game. So they kind of needed that, especially like how grueling of an effort that is going to be against guys like LeBron and AD. And on the other side, you're also giving LeBron more rest. And for LeBron, 17 years into his career, uh, well, not seven. Is it 17? I forget how many years into his career, but LeBron at this stage of his career, if you're giving him more rest, that's only going to help him. And we're also talking about the guy who's been really, I mean, destroying teams in these playoffs. And Anthony Davis is the bigger if, I think, because we've like we know what LeBron's going to give you. Like LeBron is going to give you uh, pretty much everything for the team he'll, he'll give you the great stat lines whatever it may be he'll probably give you like a 20 point triple double or 29 and 10 29 and 9 whatever it may be but if anthony davis doesn't play well i don't think the lakers win i'm just talking game five uh i don't i don't I mean, rest of the series, it probably could be that way as well, because if Anthony Davis doesn't play well, then they are going to need one of those role players to step up. And I don't know if they could consistently step up for that long. I mean, I know they only need one to win one more game, but it's a little difficult when, you know, you're you're at that that pressure point of we need to win this last one to, to win it all. 
Um, so I'm curious to see what kind of game Anthony Davis is going to give them. I'm pretty confident that he's going to be perfectly fine. And I do think the Lakers win this game five, especially because they got the special, um, uh, the special approval of, uh, the Bryant family and Vanessa, uh, to wear the Mamba jerseys for this game. Apparently they're, I think they're undefeated in those jerseys. Um, they are also like 75, I think it, they said something since like LeBron joined or something like that, or maybe it was just this season in general, plus the bubble. They're 75 and 0 when having a lead going into the fourth quarter. That is a pretty crazy stat because we've seen plenty of teams blow leads all the time. I mean, it, it, it in basketball, it's always a game of runs. So the moment someone busts out a big run in the fourth quarter, I mean, that could be the deciding factor of a game. But the fact that they have not lost a single game after being up through three quarters is pretty crazy. Especially the fact that they've been up through three quarters in 75 different games and have won every one of those. That's a pretty crazy stat in and of itself. Um, but either way, I do think that the Lakers win this game. They close it out. And I think LeBron is the finals MVP. I don't think, I mean, Anthony Davis, of course, has a, uh, you know, has a case to win the MVP. He has had made some clutch shots and he's been putting up some monster stat lines as well. But we're talking about LeBron, who also accounted for, I think it was, they said in game three, it was the first time uh, the one player on each team accounted for the most points, rebounds, and assists for their teams, respectively. So, uh, I mean, LeBron is still carrying his team in terms of all of the major categories, except maybe probably like blocks or steals or something. Um, so I think that LeBron definitely ends up winning the finals MVP. And I think it's, you know, a good kind of feel-good story, you know, with, with the unfortunate passing of Kobe Bryant. The Lakers getting to the finals, wearing those Mamba jerseys in the closeout game and winning it all in them. I think that, you know, it's a very good storyline and, and that'll end up happening. Um, so should still be a good game. I don't think, well, I should say I hope it's not a blowout, but I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either. So I guess we'll see. So let's move on to the fact that the Sixers have a new coach. Doc Rivers. I should say Glenn Rivers because there's only one Doc in Philly, as uh, the broadcasters here in Philly always say, specifically Mark Zumoff. Um, but it was definitely a surprise that, well, first off, that Doc Rivers became available, and second off, that the Sixers signed him so fast. Um, you know, they, they always talked about like this, this hiring process, whatever it may be. And they came out with like, there was like a leak that said Elton Brand didn't want, uh, I think it was Mike D'Antoni and the rest of the front office and the owners didn't want Tyron Lue. So it was kind of a back and forth on that. Then Doc Rivers became available and it was a happy medium. Um, now I like Doc Rivers. I think it is a good hire. I don't think it's a great hire or an elite hire. Like I don't, I, I don't consider Doc Rivers an elite head coach. He has one championship. 
I mean, that was a great team that he coached to a championship. Let's not forget, it was Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Prime Rondo, all of those guys. That was a very, very good team. Um, And he came up short with coaching the Clippers. I don't put all of that on him, though. There was, I mean, you've seen the memes of... Kawhi and Paul George essentially giving you zero in the second half of their game seven. So I don't put all of that on Doc Rivers. They said there was a little bit of locker room contention because Kawhi and Paul George were getting a little bit of special treatment. But if we're being honest, the superstars of every team get a little bit of special treatment. And I think the other Clippers just took that the wrong way because they're the nitty gritty, like grind out win type of team. And they did get a, uh, it was like a game or two off of the Warriors before those guys came over. So I understand the fact that, you know, they're like, yo, we have talent, we have skill, and we have the want to win it all. Don't start giving people preferential treatment over us when we've been here since day one i understand that um that attitude and that mentality however it's just not that realistic especially in the nba when we all know the superstars are the ones that are catered to because if you don't have superstars on your team you really don't have a chance at winning the championship you really don't um, I mean, we're seeing right now at the Miami Heat, I don't think they have a chance to win this championship until they get a second superstar. They definitely can add one in the offseason. Um, you could say Bam Adebayo is on his, way in, on his way to be a superstar, but he still, you know, has to get into star status before he gets superstar. Um, so, again, you need that, that star power. Those guys are going to get preferential treatment. Doc Rivers, I think, I mean, I love that he is a player's coach. All the players love him. Um, You know, that was something that they said. Brett Brown was a player's coach, but then they said they were just losing respect for him because he wasn't exactly holding everyone accountable um, and was just kind of losing the locker room himself. Whereas Doc Rivers, I think, will still hold people accountable and the guys will still like him. In terms of strategies, though, that's where I'm kind of conflicted because I don't think he has the greatest strategies. I don't think there's going to be a lot of times where if they need him to outcoach the other coach that it's going to happen. I don't think he's that guy. He's not someone like a, uh, a Popovich or a Nick Nurse or a Brad Stevens or... You know, one of those guys that they're going to come up with some sort of strategy, some sort of play, whatever it may be, that will give them a little bit of an upper edge. Um, I don't consider him one of those top five coaches that actually can influence a game based on what they are coming up with, what they're drawing up and everything like that. Um, The thing is with Doc Rivers, I think he's going to do a good job in Philly. I think he's going to do well with the pieces that he has. But I think the issue in Philly is still the front office and the roster makeup. Now, uh, Rivers did a very good job with Tobias Harris when he was on the Clippers. But, I mean, also when he was on the Clippers, he was like their number one option. So it's a little different now that you have Embiid and Ben Simmons and then Tobias. Uh, money-wise, it says Tobias should be the number one option, but we all know that's not true. So, it's a little bit worrisome of, like, what exactly is going to happen when the roster is still not exactly built to win, especially with the current way the NBA is. 
yes, we see two kind of big men working very well together in LeBron James and AD. That could be something similar to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Like, uh, Ben Simmons has drawn a lot of comparisons to LeBron James. Embiid is not drawing comparisons to Anthony Davis because Embiid is definitely better in the post than he is on the perimeter. But, you know, those are like two prototypes of guys that are going to work together. And with Embiid, I don't think you want to keep him on the perimeter. That's definitely not something that's going to spell out success for you. Um, His best area is the post. You should play him in the post and have him working the post because that's where he's going to get a bulk of his points. But the rest of the team can't shoot. Like, we've been saying this since since the season started. The rest of this team cannot shoot. And it's funny to me because, like, I, I, I forget which podcast it was on, but J.J. Reddick came out and said, like, you know, the Philly effed up when they traded him or, or let him go. Uh, and didn't re-sign him. I mean, yes, they would have been better, a little bit better off with re-signing J.J. Redick, but it's not like that would have made them not get swept in the first round. Even with J.J. Redick, I still wholeheartedly believe they get swept. Also, it's just the front office and the owners Someone needs to just fire all of them. I, I perfectly fine with giving Elton Brand a little bit more of a shot. He only got a little bit of a chance so far. And, you know, he's still working on it. He made a good coaching hire now. And now he's trying to figure out what to do with the roster. But the rest of them, let them go. They're from a previous GM regime that doesn't even sound like most of them even agree with each other. Elton Brand is constantly fighting the owners and the rest of the front office on decisions. Like, if if as the ownership and everything, you guys are going to be in these decisions, you should know basketball. And every time I hear of these decisions and hear of what, like, the owners and stuff want to do or or would have rather done over the other GMs or whatever it may be, they all suck. They like all of the decisions have been terrible from the from whenever they pushed Sam Hinkie out. Most I would say 95% of the decisions have been garbage. So like you went through this whole process. You got two young stars. Now you're spending a lot of money on average ass people. And now you're in the area that you didn't want to get to in the first place. What, like, where has your decision-making got you? And when are you going to realize it's just going to hurt you further? That's what doesn't make sense to me. This front office needs to be fired. The roster really needs to be worked on. Guys need to be, especially Al Horford, bye get out of here later (laughs) like there is so much wrong that just the head coach isn't going to fix anything but i feel like the owners are kind of like hey doc rivers that that like gets us some kind of points right like the fans will be happy because we got a coach right it's not brett brown no because doc rivers isn't going to turn a team that got swept in the first round 
to a championship winning team. The coach doesn't give you four series wins. That's not what a coach does in the NBA. So there's a lot more that the Sixers need to work on. Doc Rivers is a good hire, but it's only the beginning of what needs to happen in Philly. Now, I want to touch on real quick about Kyrie. He's talked about how, you know, he always had to take the last shot on his teams. And now with Kevin Durant, he feels like this is a guy that can shoot the ball as well and he can give it to him at the end of games. Uh, I, I don't know if he remembers or not that he was on the team with LeBron. Yes, we give LeBron a lot of crap for, you know, shooting in the clutch because he a lot of times he passes the ball because he thinks passing the ball is the right play. And I mean, you got to give it to a guy if he's trying to make the best play possible in crunch time that he's trying to make the best play possible. I, I mean, I also have given him crap for not taking a shot when he probably should have. Uh, he definitely should at times because he's probably the most reliable excuse me, the most reliable one to take those shots, but I digress. Kyrie just, I feel like Kyrie just loves stirring the pot. I think that's like his favorite thing to do, Um, which, hey, it's like wrestling. You know, you get those storylines going, you really stir the pot up if you're really confident in your team and you can have, you know, if you can back up the talk, then back it up. But like with Kyrie... Yes, he has been pretty good in the clutch. But the last few years, we barely even seen you on the court. How are you going to be good in the clutch if you can't even be on the court? Like, <laughs> you can talk about all this stuff about, how, oh, I take the last shot all the time because, you know, I'm more reliable. I'll make the shot. I'll, I, I can I can be the best player on the team in the clutch, blah, blah, blah. That's cool and all, but if... If your ass on the bench, how you taking that shot? If you can't even be healthy, how you taking that clutch shot? But like you're going out here and and talking about like other guys that you now are playing with. That's all of a sudden like yeah they're better um, in crunch time, so I can actually pass them the ball. Kyrie, you don't even pass the ball all that much. In terms of a point guard, you're not that great of a passer. So, are you going to pass the ball? Or does Kevin Durant have to get the ball from someone else and keep the ball himself to make those clutch shots? I think this dynamic is going to be very strange. And I think Steve Nash will, will be a pretty cool uh, cog in that that you know strategy and they talked about how it's going to be a collaborative effort between Kyrie KD and and Steve Nash which I thought was interesting like nobody actually comes out and says that usually it's just an understood thing that like the superstar kind of helps with that kind of stuff but I think it's going to be interesting and next season should be fun because I really want to see what happens with this and I mean if I'm LeBron like I don't even care what he's saying I'm in the finals right now I'm about to win another ring while you've been home and been hurt and have you even been back to a finals? No. So cool. You can take some clutch shots, but you ain't on the court. You ain't in the finals. You ain't winning rings. You ain't winning anything. 
Anyway, that's it for me, guys. A little shorter of an episode this week. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast for the number one division in the NBA. Make sure you check out basketballsocietyonline.com as well as the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll catch you guys next week. Peace.